The following episode of Donations Welcome contains strong language as well as references to violence and loss. All cast and crew have given their time for free to make this anthology possible and for this winter episode we are supporting Crisis UK. So if you enjoy the episode please show your appreciation by donating via our Just Giving page. Simply go to justgiving.com slash fundraising slash donations dash welcome. We hope you enjoy. Fabulous. Please, take a seat. Who sent you? No, don't tell me. It was Maureen, wasn't it? Honestly, she cannot keep her mouth shut. I love her really though. The cow. Anyway, here's me nattering away like a politician at a confessional. I assume you come here because you're suffering from the old insomnia. Yeah, can see it. You look awful. No offence, but those bags under your eyes? Honestly, talk about bags of a life. You got a Tesco club card to go with those. <laughs> oh, I'm just pulling your leg. You look confused. Did Maureen not tell you anything about our little operation here? Ugh, that woman, mouth like a car motor, brain like a tricycle. I do love her. I do. Honest. So basically, as you might be able to tell, this is a charity shop by day. And those cops around probably don't want their manager running an underground dream selling business. Don't tell anyone. You see, a few months ago, I was looking through our backlog, and I came across this old thing. Now, it may not look like much. In fact, Maureen up in pricing only tagged at £3.50, which is a bit cheeky really given that the woman who gave it to us said that her grandma cherished it. Poor old dear. Anyway, there I was, looking for some antique looking crap. Technical charity term there for you. As a busload of tourists were due to arrive at the bus stop out there. And there it was. A typewriter. Perfect. What's a charity shop without a typewriter in their window? And so I went to try it, you know, make sure it was working, and... Fuck off. Maureen, come here a sec. Look at this. What? Come here now. This typewriter. Bloody hell, what you gone done that for? It wasn't me. Oh, so I'm supposed to believe he's doing that all by his bloody self, am I? Pull the other one, mate. It ain't April 1st. Why would I do this? You're an attention seeker, Graham. That's what you are. I could fire you. You wouldn't. You need the volunteers, especially at the moment with all that coronavirus. What was more surprising was when I looked to see what it had written. The one line of it had now become a full story. The quick brown fox had not only jumped over the lazy dog, but was now involved in an insurance fraud scam which would threaten to destroy his career as an Olympist. I managed to convince Maureen in the end. She tried out the writer too, lots of times trying to work out what it meant. We couldn't. There's nothing special about the structure of the machine itself, but what we did find was that with any prompt, the typewriter, or as we like to call it, the dream spinner, could fashion a tale, a story, a dream, if you will, out of anything. Though, one weird thing. Wait, I've an idea, Graham. 
Oh dear. You should really look into your GP when you get these funny pants. Shut up, you. What if I put a person's name in? Like my brother's, for instance. Oh, I don't know. I don't know whether I was more shocked that I hadn't thought of it myself, or that Maureen had thought of it all by herself. Sorry to break the dramatic diegesis, but it had to be said. D-A-R-R-E-N-S-H-E-A-R-S It's doing something. Fucking hell, look at that one! Oh my lord. Now, Graham, how does it know that? That really happened to my brother. He had that hairbrush with the superglue on Christmas Eve by accident. And that trip to the hospital. Oh my lord. Forget Cox, fam, we could earn a fortune on this. We couldn't have. No one would believe us. And besides, I quite like having these stories on demand. Who knows where these stories come from? Are they real? Are they from parallel universes? Alternate dimensions? The subconscious? I don't know. But we call them dreams. And now, ta-da! We're in business. You can't get to sleep? Come to Dream Spinners. Like adult bedtime stories. So, I'm guessing you're interested. Come on then, cough up. Ten quid a go. Don't blame me. That typewriter's the real diva here. <laughs> Who am I kidding? I'm the real diva here. Now, what we do is I have this dictionary, yeah? Flick to a random page... Aha, our prompt. Bauble. How festive. B A U B L E. Twas Christmas Eve, ninety four, when Mistletoe was dismissed, when the adults were put on Santa's naughty list. Was it burglar? No, darling. Your father... No, sorry. The man who decided to make you part of his life again two weeks ago. Well, we decided to leave. Mum, I'm sorry. You? No, it's not your fault. But I dropped all his beer bottles. Oh, it's not your fault. He's just a di... Well, um, he's a bad guy. Like Captain Hook? Yeah. Like Captain Hook. Like a less gay, womanising Captain Hook. And this Captain Hook has run away to be with Wendy, leaving Smee to look after the alligator all alone. Dad knows Smee. No, I'm Smee and you're the alligator. The man you call Dad is no longer your dad. He's forfeited the right to that. He's just Charlie now. Charlie? Will Santa still be able to deliver Charlie's presents if he's not here? Christmas, oh sh- Sugar! Oh, it's Christmas tomorrow. Charlie was going to bring round the presents in the morning. I can't face seeing him right now. Why does Dad have the presents? 
Santa has the presents. Look, darling, it seems Christmas is going to be a bit different this year. I, I might as well tell you the truth. The truth. The thing about Santa is. Yes. Well, he's not really. Yes. He's not. Yes. He's. Yes. Dead. <gasps> yes, Santa's dead. How? How could he? Well, he was at the barn grooming his reindeer. Rudolph. Yes,、uh, he.、Um... And Dasher, and Dancer, and Prancer, and Vixen, and Comet, and Cupid, and Donner, and Blitzen. Yes, all of those.、Uh, he was cleaning out their mess. Was Mrs. Claus there? No, she was at Pilates class. Santa was on his own, besides Rudolph and Dasher and Donna and Flouncer and Blender and Grinder, etc.、Uh, he wasn't particularly happy about having to clean up magic reindeer poo. <laughs> It was sticky and the smell clung in his nostrils. Well, things weren't good at the factory either. You know, an elf had broken his arm in the machine and was threatening to begin legal action, whilst the others were in discussions with the union. Anyway. Santa, the previous day, had been working on designing a dog toy, one that does a magic backflip. That's the one I want, Mum, on my list. Oh, the very same. Well, he had seen it and thought, with all the magic in Rudolph, maybe the red-nosed reindeer could try a few tricks. So he got a carrot and tried it out. One, two, three, and up Rudolph went, flying backwards. But. He didn't stick the landing. He squished Santa. No, Rudolph landed on his face. Were Rudolph and Santa okay? Oh, Santa was unharmed. But the thing about Rudolph, ever since he got that glowing schnozzle and became pack leader, ever since that night Santa let him drive the sleigh, ever since then, the other reindeers have revered him, feared him even. You see. Reindeers are very proud animals. Rudolph had a reputation to uphold amongst the others, and when he fell, Flouncer, the flamboyant reindeer, made some sassy aside, and the pack started laughing. And it was just like when they used to laugh and call him names, and when they would never let poor Rudolph join in any reindeer games. It all came back to him. In that moment, the laughing, the teasing. The not playing gamesing, all flashing before his eyes, and if you pardon the pun, Rudolph saw red, with his great hind legs rearing up, eyes watering with dashed pride, and a scowl like no other upon his fierce visage. The beast, now blinded with rage, charged at his master in his fury. Rudolph let out a terrifying scream. As Santa had only the time to cover his face, the creature's antlers tore into Santa's big belly. Did mince pies come out of Santa's belly? No. Oh. Only blood, intestines, and a sick, sweet, wretched smell like a pumpkin spice abattoir. Blood, and it was just spewing out of the mouth like a grotesque champagne bottle bursting out on that cold barn in the North Pole. And Santa died. Oh no! Rudolph pierced Charlie again. Don't you mean Santa? Yes, Santa. Whatever. 
this time in his side, pushing him out far into the icy night, leaving a trail of blood in the snow. Rudolph bolted back to the barn, only to face the fear and anger of his reindeer companions. The fury in Rudolph's mind now abating, the animal opened his eyes fully. What had he done? In his despair, he led a weak charge at the other reindeer, knowing in their numbers and anger they would overwhelm and trample him. But what about Santa? Ah, yes. Well, Santa, meanwhile, was bleeding out in the snow, his fingers frozen and his once merry hat and belt forming a makeshift bandage around his now ravaged belly. But this is when Mrs. Claus, trampling through the snow, plugged into her Spotify, thought she heard something. Was that a man crying out in the distance? She took out an earphone and listened. Nothing. Satisfied, the noise she heard was merely a backing vocal from Cardi B and Megan Thee Stallion's acclaimed single, Whoop. She travelled home and shut the door, unknowingly leaving her good-for-nothing partner to his fate. A heavy storm of snow now blowing. Santa crawled trying to get back home. But, by a tragic turn of fate, his hand found a weak spot of ice, and his arm plunged down followed by the rest of his bleeding flesh. He tumbled down to the icy water, panicking, numb by the cold, breathing in streams of unforgiving water, unable to do anything but scream silently into the muffling waters. Santa was dead. Now, Go to sleep, darling. Big day tomorrow. Don't look at me like that. I don't come up with this stuff. Did you like it? Okay, well, maybe we'll try something more... Ah, yes, the money first, if you don't mind. <laughs> yes, something sweeter. You pick the word this time. Go on, take your time. Alright, not that much bloody time. We've all got places to be. Ah, forbidden. Ooh, a bit cheeky. You're not flirting with me, are you? I mean, not complaining either way. Just observing. It's nearly done. Ahem. Don't stare too close on the lake. Looking into the water are royals twice, contemplating each of their fates. Two princes in hell or in paradise. Thank you, Raidwald. 
Edwin, it is nothing, nothing at all, my dear friend. To think I was safe there. What a fool I was to believe my father would. No, the king would accept what I had done. At least here in the southern kingdom, your kingdom, at least here I can feel safe. Not my kingdom yet. You must remember that. We are but princes, despite all our pomp and pride. Oh, Raid. To remember what pride once tasted of, now there's only shame. I, Edwin, shame of the north. But here, here I can feel safe. With you, friend, I can once more feel that pride rise in me, even be it a sin itself. But I am not ashamed with you, Raid. And yet, I do still fear. Do you see that? On the lake? So bright. Where, Edwin? Tis only the sun. It is nothing, then. A manifestation of my fear, nothing more. I too fear. My father's faith grows by the day, where once he spoke of those lords of the harvest, those mighty fathers of battle. He now speaks of sin and fire. I fear him now. That is why I come here, to see the cold and wet, to drown out those fires that stir in mine heart too. This may be the last we meet, my dear friend. I cannot promise more. I understand. Although my soul does deny it. As does mine. And yet I know it be true. We cannot attend to each other more without drawing more attention, more ire from our homes and from our Lord. Do you remember what your father first said to you when we heard of what we had I, done? Although I wish I could forget. He blamed me as a curse upon the nation. That all his losses against the pagans were at my hands. That the Lord's wrath would descend upon us all. And I believed it. I still do. And yet, to take my life would so too bring a curse upon my homeland. And so we must flee. It is all we can do. But, Raid, why not together? Why can we not escape as one? And bring tenfold more curses upon the land if what your father says be true? If we were to flee together, how could we stray from that sin? No, Edwin, this must be the last we meet. There was a time where I would have denied your father's speech. Indeed, I did at the time. For this sin was naught to me. Never had I heard it since my earliest teachings. But with all I have seen, all my father has seen, I can no longer deny it. A curse has been laid on this land by our hands. Crops fail, the wars are lost, the sea rises in anger at our pride. I cannot accept it. I cannot leave you. Although it may be sin, may doom them all. I cannot deny my soul. And cannot deny what I feel, what this place, sitting here with you, inspires in me. I know it is wrong. My mind cries in anguish. But I cannot bring myself to it. Edwin, I'm sorry, but I cannot go with thee. So 
And let us kiss our last. Let it be now in front of these calm waves so we may remember their love and care. Raid. Let it be so. Thank you, my friend. It appears again. Look to it. Twas bright and yet brighter still. Indeed, I fear it. And yet I feel at peace. Oh, protect me, Raid. It comes for our souls. There is naught, Edwin. Must you disrespect our pain friendship so? Forget it. I must tell you why we must so depart our companies. I do not wish to see you come to harm. I care not for this curse. I care not for those who may be damned. I do not wish to see you come to harm. I do not wish to see our souls tainted, our place in the world after this forfeit. Return home, friend. Return to the king in the north and beg forgiveness. For thy own sake and soul, we must repent. There was a time when I could do as you say. When I hated my own self and would do all I could for redemption. But now I have been here, felt your heat, your fear, breathed the lake's calm, seen his presence here on the lake, whatever he may be. In contemplation it all fills me not with fear, but with hope, with acceptance of my place, my fate. Raid, I shall not go, even if it dooms me. What words do you speak? Look. We can go together, seek counsel and repent. We have done all we can. I look out there on the lake and I see naught, Edwin, naught. He is but your manic mind's imagination. Halt. Do you hear that? The royal guards, are they in search of us? But how could they find us here? We so diligently hid our tracks. None but we know of this spot. What? Why now? Oh, I just need more time. Please, Lord, hand me more time. Just a sparse second or Raid, two. Raid, what is this? How did they find us? On your belt. That purse. We never bring coinage when we meet. Tis one of the first promises we kept to forego the greed of wealth, to remain true to our bond. Edwin, I'm sorry. But they threatened my life. They told me we could be spared if only we returned and repented. They swore it on their honour. Oh, those liars. Those thieves. It was all for naught. I betrayed the one thing left to me for coppers and for what? Take my hand, my friend. It was not for naught. He calls to me. There, on the lake, do you not see him? The light. The light from his crown, the bright robes of white. Do not see him. He has come to save our souls. Let us embrace as we go to him. So bright. He calls to us. Come, raid. Release me. We are in battle array. We cannot swim. For the Lord, release me, Eddie. I'm sorry. Please, you can take the money. I do not need it. I'm sorry. Please just look away. It's all in the past. I shall never accept bribe again. They will be here any time. Let them take us in. Then we may be executed in peace, not be drowned so in pain and sorrow. Be still, dear friend. 
Look, thou dost not drown. They are on our heels, and with them our pride is shattered, our peace destroyed, and our bond ripped in twain by their fiery hands. But feel the water. As you said, it is cold. It quenches the fire. He will accept our bond. He will quench that cursed fire and let our flowing pride burn bright in its stead. Take my hand. Let it all be silent. Let us be free, my love. Well, I see him now. <laughs> no, we're not mad. I trust you, my heart and soul I hand to you so that we may share them as one. I shall come with you, my dearest friend. sweet. I do love a romance. A bit of will they, won't they? We even had a bit of tension in the office between us two. Graham, there's something I need to talk to you about. What is it, Maureen? Well, Graham, it's something that's been on my mind for a while now. I've been feeling it too, Maureen. Oh, Graham, there's something here, you know, why we've been so heated lately. Maureen, I know. You ate the last fucking chocolate hobnob, didn't ya? You bloody bet I did. Well, I didn't say it was sexual tension, did I? Another story? Well, I don't know if I've got time for... No, don't go. It's just a turn of phrase. Give me the cash. Pick a word. Sibling. Good. Good. La la la. And... Now... No, not yet. And... Now. There we go. <clears throat> Don't leave me for another. To couple, to marry, for fun. A story of sister and brother. Lewis and little Marion. Guess who's coming round to dinner tonight? I might have guessed. Okay, hit me. Willa! Oh, not another girl. Oh, come on, don't be like that. I won't like her. You always say that. You don't like anyone I bring home. Because they don't like me. I like you. I'm your sister, you have to like me. That's different. I meant none of your friends like me. You don't exactly make it easy for them, do you? You don't even talk to them. I don't see why I should talk to them. They always give me weird looks. Well, they don't mean to be rude. Really? 
Well then, the people you hang out with must be the most socially oblivious people on the planet. Hey! Every time you've brought someone back to the house and you introduce me as your sister, they either laugh or scrunch their nose up at me. Marion! Not to mention the amount of times they've called me creepy. To my face! How do you think that makes me feel, Lewis? I'm sorry, Ree. I really am. Then why don't you get better friends? It's like they don't believe I have feelings or something. Look, Will is different. Oh yeah? How do you know? Well, when we were in the cafe, we were going through our camera rolls and a picture of you came up. And? She thinks you're cute. She doesn't think I'm creepy? Not one bit. Even with the whole mismatched eyes thing? Even with that. You have nothing to worry about, alright? She's a lovely girl and she's sweet, funny, not to mention gorgeous. She's got these beautiful blonde curls. Okay, I get it. You're crushing on her. I don't want all the icky details. When's she getting here? Uh, an hour or so. Gives me time to get ready. You want to chill in the living room when she comes around? I guess. Just don't expect me to like her straight away. Hello? Hello! Willa! To what do I owe the pleasure? What? Can't a girl call her boyfriend out of the blue to tell him she loves him? No, oh, I love you too, Willa. Now, what did you really want? Hey, I, I really did want to call to say I love you. And also that I miss you. So I was wondering, I was going to ask you what you're up to this evening. And would you like to go to the cinema with me? There's this new horror film I think you'd love. It's actually got a decent plot, possession, blood, gore, plenty of excuses for you to jump into my lap. <laughs> oh, Willa, that sounds amazing, but I'm really sorry. I'm kind of not free tonight. Oh, uh, what are you up to? Well, it's Marion's birthday, so I feel like I should spend the day with her, you know? Big Brother's duty and all that. Hey, you can come round another time and we'll watch it on Netflix. I'm sorry, Willa. No, no, don't worry. I get it. Let's do that. It'll probably be better watching it just the two of us anyway. It'll be a lot more chill. Thanks for understanding, baby. Hey, I'll save some cake for when you come round as an apology. It's chocolate icing, your favourite. Such a gentleman. Marion says hi, by the way. Tell her I say hi back. Have a good time, Lou. Yeah, we will do. Love you, Willa. Love you too. Bye. You join the movie, Ree? Of course I am. It's always been my favourite, hasn't it? What did Willa want? She wanted to go to the cinema with me, but I told her we'd watch the movie some other day because today is all about you. Happy birthday to me, happy birthday to me, happy birthday to me, happy birthday to me. 
You know I love you, right? Yeah, of course I do. I'm your little sister, it's kind of the law. <laughs> you alright? And you know that's never going to change. Just because I don't spend as much time with you as usual doesn't mean I love you any less. I know, I know. Why the sudden burst of emotion? <laughs> I just guess I'm worried you'd be jealous that Willa's taking my attention away from you. <laughs> I'm not that fragile, Lou. She's your girlfriend, of course you're going to give her attention. It'd be weird if you didn't. Just don't forget about me completely, yeah? Like I ever could. sleep either, huh? Nah. You making tea? Yeah, I thought it might help. Do you want some? Ew, no, I don't want any of your leaf water. <laughs> Hot chocolate? I've even got marshmallows. Oh, yes please. I'll try not to let it go cold this time. Yeah, clues in the name. It should be hot chocolate. What's been keeping you up then? Nightmares. What about you? Uh, same old, same old, I guess. Brain's just too awake. Don't worry about me. What kind of nightmares, Rhee? One's from, you know, the accident. Do you want to talk about it? Or do you want me to distract you? I think I'd like to talk about it. Okay. I'll listen. I was back in the hospital again, and everything was rushing around me. It was awful. Yeah. You were there, and Mum was... Mum was... I know. I know. I couldn't feel my legs, and I was holding your hand, and I was so scared. Everyone was crying and the doctors kept saying I was going to die over and over and- Hey! Hey! Shh! It's okay. It's alright. Come here. I'm sorry, Ree. I'm sorry I couldn't do anything to help you then, but... But I'm here now though, yeah? It's okay. We don't need to think about it anymore, okay? I've got you, and everything's... It's okay. But... but that was years ago. I should be over it by now, right? Hey, it's okay, Marion. It was a traumatic experience. Of course it's going to stay with you. It gets easier. You just find 
ways to cope with it. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Sorry. Hey, none of that. You're allowed to feel however you feel. Thanks, Lou. You're the best. Yeah, I know. Ah, water's boiled. It's all right, Marion. You've always got me. and Jay scandal from work. Can't believe they're dating again. And you're not paying attention. <sighs> Sorry, baby. I'm concentrating now. Tell me again. What's up? You seem really distracted tonight. Do I? Yes. You've been staring at your play and your watch all evening. <laughs> Look, I don't want to be the clingy type, but I thought I'd get a bit more attention than this on our anniversary. Not like I've been planning it for months or anything. I'm sorry, Willa. What is it? I just feel bad, you know. Bad? About what? Well, Marion's on her own tonight, isn't she? Because I'm out with you. Oh, for God's sake, not this again. What? That's what's been keeping you preoccupied this whole time. Well, yeah. Oh, you've got to be kidding me. She'll be lonely, and I said I'd watch a movie with her. She won't be lonely. She can't be lonely. Not to mention you spend all your bloody time with her. Oh, don't tell me you're jealous of her. Jealous? Me? No, I'm not jealous. I just thought I'd take a bit more priority. What are you talking about? The way you treat Marion like she comes above everything else. Well, of course. Who doesn't put their family first, Willa? You need a reality check. You need to calm down. I thought it was sweet at first, but now it's getting on my fucking nerves. It's always Marion this and Marion that. Sorry, I can't come out tonight, Willa. I'm looking after Marion. She doesn't fucking need looking after Lewis. Yes, she does. She's my sister! She's a fucking doll! I know her loss must have been really fucking hard on you, Lewis, but this has gone far enough. It was years ago. Whether you like it or not, your sister is gone. And I know you think it's keeping her memory alive, but damn it, Lewis, you need closure. You need to move on. And I think you know it. I know it'll be hard, all right? I'm, I'm not saying it'll be an easy fix. I'm willing to stay by you and help you through it, but I can't just wait and be pushed aside while you keep pretending to yourself. Let the doll go or let go of me. Oh, 
Dead spooky, that. I might show that one to Maureen when she comes in tomorrow. Though, let's be honest, it'll go right over the poor love's head. Bless her. Oh, thank you. What word have you chosen? Crunch. Interesting. I like it. Do, do, do. We have the same problem with our card reader at the till over there. Takes forever, so I either smile awkwardly whilst waiting or pretend I'm pressing some stuff on the monitor. There we go. <clears throat> come one, come all. Come listen, don't go. A story of mishaps. Oh yes, oh no. Man, Roger. Where's Sawdust? Uh, I'm here. You got the kit? Yeah, yeah. They only had scented candles there. Is that all right? I mean, the demon book doesn't really say, does it? Depends what scent. I think it's vanilla sunset beach. I mean, that's not very evil, is it? I don't know. Beaches can be evil places. My auntie stepped in dog shite last time we were there. Did you get my snacks? Snacks? Yeah, but they didn't have a lot of options. You brought snacks to a demon summoning? I was hungry. I didn't know how long this would take. What did you get? Bar. It's all they had. Sorry. It's gonna go everywhere. Sorry, Plinky. That's alright. Mum won't be back till late, so uh, I can clean up afterwards. Maybe we won't have to. I don't think it's polite to ask a demon to tidy up your granola crumb straight off the bat. So what do we do then, when it gets here? What's our plan? Well, we follow the ritual, summon the demon, Gondula, speak the names of our desired, and then they'll, you know, do demony stuff and make all those who wronged us feel bad about wronging us. My uncle said when he tried summoning a demon, it stuck his demon tentacles up his bum. Ugh. Gross! I am not doing that, Clinky. I do not want demon tentacles up my ass. Will you calm down? There's no tentacles, there's no bum entering. Godger, you need to stop telling your uncle about us. I'm just being polite. Right. Well, I think we're all set up here. We stand here today, Clinky. Sawdust. And Grodger. To meet with a demon. To make them an offer. We've been bullied, beaten, and we've had enough. We call upon you to make our enemies pay. 
Deiner Finster! Henry James! My stepmom, Winona! We summon you, great demon, the mighty Granola! The gondola should appear, and maybe it just takes a minute. Okay. Yeah, Quadra? Just out of curiosity, did you say gondola or granola? I said gondola, didn't I? I heard granola. Yeah, I heard granola too. I didn't, did I? Mm, yeah, I, I think you, I think, yeah, I think yeah. you did. Well, it's Grodger's fault! Mom! You were rustling away with your granola bar. It distracted me. Give it to me. <laughs> Fucking hell, what was that? Granola bar. What? The ritual went wrong. It was Grodger's fault. Was not. Sawdust was the one who brought. Damn it! You dare make a mockery of me. Oh no, we didn't mean to. We had this whole plan. We were we were going to summon you. We you were going to beat up our enemies, make us look really cool, and then we were going to go to KFC to celebrate. But don't worry, it wasn't going to be lame or anything. Because my brother actually works at KFC and he's technically the manager. So he was going to let us go in the kitchen and fry some stuff. Um, Mr. Granola-Gondula, are you still there? For a thousand years. I have waited in the eternal spits of hell, blotting my revenge on this bursting, pus-filled, pissed puddle of a rock. And now that I'm finally free, you fools trap me inside this crumbly food bar! I smell like warm pancakes on a sunny day, and something vanilla, not of fear and dread and repentance. We're so sorry, your evilness, but it was an accident. Oh, God, please don't put tentacles up my bum. I'm too young. Tentacles up your hole will be the least of your problems when I'm through with you. But, like, you can't do much, though, right? I mean, you're a granola bar. What are you going to do? Crumb us to death! Oh. <laughs> Go ahead, mock me some more. 
You only fuel my rage. You would be surprised what rage does to a demon, be it one stripped of his natural form. Roger's got a point, though. You are a granola bar, not even a full one. I'm sorry, I'm really trying to be scared, honest, but I just... I just can't. Listen, why don't we have another go at the ritual and try and bring you to your original form, and then we can sort out this whole mess over a bargain bucket or something? Fools! You think I will let you mess this up one more time? Oh, no. It takes one chance to piss me off. Now you will feel my wrath. I don't know when. I don't know how. But I will exact my revenge. One crumb at a time. Where did he go? I don't know. Not our best demon summoning, then, was it? No! I'm rating it a solid... 4 out of 10, as far as demon summonings go. What did he mean about... extracting revenge and all that wrath and stuff? Exacting, not extracting, and I don't know, but really, I mean... I fail to see how he can do much, being a granola bar and all. He can teleport. Well, yeah, but, I mean, teleportation is a typical demon power and stuff, so he must still have his powers. But the rest of his abilities were all to do with his physicality. Like what? Oh, Christ, didn't any of you do the reading like I asked? Not gonna lie, mate. I 90% thought this was just going to fail. I was just coming for the KFC afterwards. Yeah, same. Can we still go, by the way? Yeah, seeing as my snack turned into a demon before I could finish eating it. Fine. We'll plan our next move there. I'll ask me mum for a lift. Your brother working tonight, Roger? No, not tonight. He was late on rent, so my mum was going to kick him out the basement. But then he did a whole sitting strike. But then she smoked him out by lighting a fire. But then the fire burned one of his replica lightsabers. So he's meeting this guy in town for a new one. a later version of Bionicle is going to be superior to an earlier version of Bionicle. The first ones are better. I got the first one. I got the first one because it came out the year I was born. What year is that? 1846? <laughs> it was 1848 actually. Yeah, 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 1848. Bionicles are going to be... Oh, no, fuck this. Whatever. What What you's wanting? Bargain bucket. Where is everyone? Is there no one working today? Hello? 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 Chicken man? Well, if no one's here, then... 
are you doing, man, Roger? Welcome to KFC. What can I get you? Get back in now before someone sees you. There's no one around. Sawdust, what are you having? I'll have a jumbo bucket, thanks. Oh, right, give me crusher. two minutes. I'll be back in a bit. So, out of curiosity, Plinky, you're fine with summoning an almighty demon that would kill your enemies, but not robbing a KFC. Listen, people like Dinah deserve to be killed. KFC workers are already in eternal damnation. Robbing feels like overkill. What did Dinah do to you exactly? I mean, I know it involved your She-Ra action doll, but... I don't want to talk about it. But it's much more legitimate than wanting to curse Henry James for making a joke about your dandruff. I don't have dandruff. Why do you think your name's Sawdust, you flaky-headed? Oi, Grodger, where's my chicken? Grodger? Come on, man, my stomach sounds like a burping frog. Grodger! There's... No one here. Roger! Oh, I tell a lie. Here's a dismembered foot! Ah! Oh, crumbs. I think what the actual fuck is a more appropriate response than crumbs. No, uh, look, there's crumbs leading to that door. Well then, how about we don't go through it? Roger could be in there. Well, it was lovely knowing him. Great guy. I'll go ring his dad. Could be Gondula who did this. Well, I'm sorry I doubted him. He's made his point. Let's go. We are not leaving without Roger. the lights on, will ya? I, I don't know where they are. Uh, years. I waited. In the pits of hell. Fuck me, this is it. Oh, fuck, fuck, shit, shit, fucky, fuck. Punishment for my sins on earth. The torture I bestowed. Can you see him? No, where's a fucking light? I caught the spoos of lava of Vesuvius. I was the wave that drowned Atlantis and my laughter crumbled Aleppo. Bro, I'm really sorry we fucked up the ritual, okay? You think that trapping me in this oaty form would stop me? You've stopped nothing! My powers know no bounds. Now, prepare to be crushed under the rumble of my crumble! Crushed? Crush him! Sawdust! I've got an idea! I'm so sorry, God. Please, I promise I'll never summon a demon in my life. Sawdust, listen to me. Put your phone on the torch, but put it on low. Even now, whilst you're whimpering amongst yourselves, I am formulated the most dastardly plan! You see over there, by that decapitated body? Yeah, the crushing machine. I don't think now's the time for a milkshake, bro. 
My many thousands of crumbs will suffocate you as they did the workers of this measly KFC. But this time, this time, I will make it slower. No, you idiot. We're going to soak granola in it. Nothing makes a granola bar crumble like milk. You're moving away from me, but my crumbs will follow you everywhere, even as you near this strange machine. Fine, hide behind this thing called a Crush'em dispenser, but it won't save you from now! Is it dead? I think so. How do we tell? You don't feel like any demonic powers are compelling you to death. Well, no more than usual. Well then, I just wish we could have got to Grudger in time, you know? I wonder what happened to him. Where were you? I'm checking out the manager's office. He's sick. Found my brother's file. He's been doing some dodgy stuff. Why are you still in the dark, by the way? We thought the demon had killed you. What? The granola? Fuck was he gonna do? Oh. There's a lot of dead bodies here. Oh, my. It was Gondula. Seriously? Shit. Where is it now? In a pool of Oreo Crasham. Oh, right. Okay. So, is he... Dead? Yeah. He's gone back to the fiery pits of hell. Guys, like, no offence, but can we not summon demons anymore, please? Yeah, this, uh, this is not gone at all like I thought it would. I know. I'm so sorry. But hey, at least we didn't get tentacles in our bums. That's very true. So... What do we do about the dead bodies, then? Shit, yeah. Well, I don't know. We can't exactly call the police, can we? I don't think so, no. Actually, my dad's friend Lyle told me once about a time he was in a similar sort of situation. Only it was at a McDonald's. And he told me about this demon he summoned to help him clear the mess up. I remember the ritual too. <clears throat> I've done fucked up and I'm panic stricken. Wait, wait a second, Roger. I need some help from the great fried chicken.
shit, hang on. What did I say? You said fried chicken. Let me fucking guess. Oh, fuck me. I meant to say Freya chicken. That was fun. Did you like the voice I did for the demon? Well, I'm not an actor. Could have been. Audition for Rada, but I said it would be unfair on the other pupils with my natural talent. Well, words to that effect. Oh, out of cash? Oh well. There's always another night. Uh, don't look at me like that. You're not getting another dream for free. The shop is closed now. Go on, get out. This isn't a charity shop. Well, technically it is by day, but they don't know I'm here. The cheek of you, for free. The bloody cheek of it. Do come back though, won't you? Donations welcome. The shopkeeper was played by Greg Harding, whilst Maureen was played by Louisa Hyam. The first story, Naughty List, was written, directed and sound designed by Daniel Tout, starring Naomi Kendall as the woman and Fiona Bennett as the child. The second short, Two Princes in Paradise, was written and directed by Oliver Hurley, with sound design by Daniel Tout. Raidwald was played by Alexander Curry and Edwin was played by Esther Jardin. The third story, Marionette, was written and directed by Elizabeth Martin, with sound design by Daniel Tout. Lewis was played by Dean J. Smith, and Marion was played by Sophie McCudden, and Willa was played by Ruby Pinner. The final story, Oat No, was written by Naomi Kendall, directed by Ruby Bellacy and Gabriella Curtis, with sound design by Ruby Bellacy. Gregor was played by Kathy Soule, Plinky was played by Sophie Robertson, Sawdust was played by Finn Lanchester, and Granola was played by Hannah Fleming, with additional voices by the cast and crew. Donations Welcome was a Minotaur Theatre Company production, edited by Daniel Tout and executive produced by Matthew Warwick, Ekaterina Dudakova and Daniel Tout. Our beautiful artwork was created by Emmy Rush and promotion by Stanley Gordon. <laughs>